Welcome back to Behind the Smiles with your host, Dr. Gina Dorfman. This is a unique crossover episode where we dive deep into our journeys in the business of dentistry. We hope you gain insights that you can implement into your practice. Alrighty, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us throughout such a calming time in our lives. It's so easy right now. So, I mean, Sandy, you're posting about what to do. Gina, you're posting about what to do too, as far as for people who are experiencing last minute cancellations, people who are, are, should we be open for emergencies? Should we not be open for emergencies? What's going on? So like really quick, break it down to me. Where are you guys from and what's going on where you're at? Well, I'm Sandy Pardue and I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'm telling you, Bourbon Street is live. They had to, they had to run them. They had to run them out last night. It was on the news this morning. Really? It was just, the place was packed, okay? Now, I was in New Orleans this weekend and uh, at a conference, and there were a lot of people on Bourbon Street. Um, in fact, Dana and I, after the conference, went and uh, had a nice lunch. And um, the people were just body to body, and I saw on the news this morning, they're still there. So, uh, but no, seriously, mm-hmm. um, we all know we're... Uh, in uncharted waters, right? I mean, this is like never before have we seen anything like this. And there's a lot of people not knowing what to do. And we have a situation, I know like in Louisiana, it was issued this morning that all the practices had to um, stop seeing patients for anything that wasn't an emergency for the next 30 days. Have, has that happened in California, Gina? No, we ha- at least as far as I know, we haven't received the mandate yet. We did get the official word from the uh, California Dental Association really late on Sunday night. Um, now I'm I'm practicing just north of downtown Los Angeles. Um, it's a it's a pretty large group practice. I don't work a lot of hours. I have several full time associates. I have uh, a large team and. Um, over the weekend, uh, prior to the recommendation from the CDA and ADA, we decided to close our practice um, because I, I just feel like the numbers are not in our favor. Um, you know, I, I personally would like to, you know, go on as, as, as normal, but I do know that our um, team are at greater risk and, and my concern is with them. My concern is also with um, spreading the infection too quickly and overwhelming the, our you know, healthcare system. Um, the truth is, I don't know. I don't have any answers, um, which I question why, why are we doing this? We don't have any answers. <laughs> well, I right. do have some suggestions, okay? But I, I want to say this. It's like, I think it's important right now, guys. We got to make sure we're answering our phones. You know, you can't, like, if you're going to close your office, somebody needs to be answering the calls. If patients are going to call, they're going to be, you know, maybe break teeth. They're not going to know what to do. So don't just leave your practice um, and have no one handling those calls coming in. I think that's important. And um, also for a lot of our clients, they are utilizing this time for the things they never had time for before. Cleaning the storage closet, cleaning the basement, cleaning the attic, because this is going to pass. And you know what? If you're closed for 30 days, or even if you're closed for two weeks, when you get back, it's going to be busy. It is going to be busy because all these people that couldn't receive treatment right now are going to need to come in. So I think training, staff training, all of that is really, uh, this, that's what you should be doing. Right now, Gina, when you said the numbers are not in your favor, 
How did you how did you come to that? Well, I like numbers and and this is and this is where so I'm I'm always the person who underreacts. And I don't want to underreact in this situation. So maybe I'm overreacting, but you know <laughs> that um, exercise with rice and the chessboard. It's like you put one piece of rice on one uh, on the first um, you know square on the chessboard, and then you double it on the next square, and you double it again, and you double it again, and then eventually, by the time you um, you know you get to the last one, it's like you get a ton of rice. Right. So this is how this infection is going. It's doubling every couple of days. And, and if you do the simple math and you will realize how uh, one person can infect 50 before they even become symptomatic. And with our hospital systems already being at about, you know, maybe 50 to 65 percent full. Once we add the additional patients that are um, um, having um, uh, serious uh, consequences to this flu and um, and need respirators and need acute, hair, uh, acute care, this is where the hospital system, I'm afraid, is going to get overwhelmed. Right. Now, I don't know that, but for me, I'm just thinking if I cannot close my office right now, then, and Sandy makes a good point. Now, one of the things that I was, and I don't know, you probably see me cross post until three o'clock in the morning with all the different boards. I'm like screaming on top of my lungs, don't, don't lay off your employees, don't cancel your appointment reminders. This too shall pass like a gold crown through a large intestine. We're gonna get, get back to normal, but I don't want us to get back to to, to empty schedules, to uh, to offices where everything is disarray, the staff is laid off. I think this is where the panic cannot set in. Whether you choose to close the office voluntarily, whether you choose to follow the ADBA recommendation, which I think that ADA could be doing better, um, informing us what to do. And, you know, with their slew of lawyers, they could be giving us better advice than just their opinion on whether we should close or not. Like no one asked you, but this is <laughs> helping with. The recommendation. <laughs> but, and so this is why we're kind of jumping on this call just to share what we're doing because everyone wants to know what, what we're doing. And so this is what I did in my office. The first thing is I told my employees that even though we closing the office. I said, I don't know how, but I will guarantee you for the time that we're closing the next two to three weeks, we will, no one is going to be financially affected either through, I'm sure that the government, the federal government is going to provide some sort of a, a tax credit support. I know there's a lot of conversation about that. We're going to know more, um, uh, you know, if not, there's the unemployment program. I've always said, you know, if you need to let someone go, don't be afraid of uh, filing for unemployment, especially now. But you don't, you don't lay them off. If we're going to be using unemployment, it's going to be um, a special provision to allow workers whose office are closed temporarily uh, for coronavirus to collect unemployment without being laid off. So don't lay anyone off because that's going to put them in a completely different category. They're not going to be able to um, collect from day one unemployment. They're only going to be able to collect. There's like a week grace period when they can start collecting. I mean, it just opens up a whole bunch of issues. And I'm not an expert by any means. This is just what the information that I've gathered, uh, trying to figure out what to do. So I told my employees that we'll make it up to you. We'll figure it out. Sit tight. We'll take care of you. And I, and of course, we will. Um, and, and yes, I know there will be a great economic impact to my practice and to all of our practices. But I think that the sooner... And the better we handle the situation, the sooner we're going to be able to get back to normal, which means that don't cancel your appointment reminders. We've rescheduled as many patients as we could. 
And this is where I'm going to defer to Sandy, like verbal skills, what patients say, oh, you know, maybe I don't know what my schedule is going to be. I don't know when you reopen. I don't know what to do. So I, you're going to get some resistance from patients um, and, and there are ways to deal with it. But I want them on a schedule because I'll tell you that when we all get back to normal, when all of this is over and done with, our patients are going to be going back to school. They're going to be going back to, to work. Their houses and, and their um, work environment is going to be a complete mess. Dentistry is going to be the last, absolutely last thing on their minds. And, and if they're off our schedules at this point, we're not getting them back for a while. So don't allow them to drop off. Reschedule them to a date that you think you're going to reopen. You can always call back and reschedule them again. And also with appointment reminders, uh, deactivate same-day reminders, but don't inactivate all reminders because right now what most people don't realize is that uh, whether it's my company or any other provider, we're not just sending reminders for tomorrow. We're sending reminders for appointments scheduled six months ago for end of April, for beginning of, of May. We're sending out reminders for unscheduled appointments. A lot of offices have online scheduling where patients can go. I mean, we've had uh, patient scheduling online all day today. Mm -hmm. uh, don't, you know, use your online services to connect with your patients and, and assure them, you know, everyone is sending emails, but email is the least open medium. So there are other better ways to connect with patients and, and utilize all of these resources to uh, communicate with your team and your patients really well, because they're looking at you. They're looking at your leadership and, and at least I'll, panic all you want on the inside, <laughs> but outward show some leadership. So show your strength, um, you know, help people figure out and, and come down and, and kind of rally around you. Yeah, I agree with you, Gina. I agree with you. One thing I did want to say about the unemployment is that some states are actually doing away with that one week waiting period. So I think that's going to vary state to state. And then another thing that uh, Paul Edwards communicated to me was that you really should, if you owe uh, like if you, anything that bonus or anything to the employees, like go ahead and, and or any paid time, go ahead and, and give that to them before they go and file for unemployment. So don't wait until afterwards. So those were two things. And about the tax credit, yes, for the business owners, that looks like that's going to happen. And uh, there were some interesting things that he said about um, what happens after 14 days if your employee gets sick. So needing to pay them, actually pay them if they get sick you pay them 14 to 21 days. So That's actually, actually what he said was after 14 days, pay sick leave to them up to 12 weeks. And then if their spouse or family member gets sick, that's where you would have to pay them for additional 14 to 21 days. So all of this is still being looked at by the Senate. We don't, it's not final yet, but that's what it looks like, what he saw over the weekend. He said he spent Saturday and Sunday. And I watched it three times and took really good notes and made sure I got that right. I duplicated it correctly. And that's what he said.
And I think a lot of uh, practice owners are panicking, having, uh, you know, uh, facing the fact that they might have to pay substantial um, uh, sick leave or family care leave. And I, and I totally get it. I mean, for me, you know, I have with a team of 30 and, and including associates who are um, on, um, you know, who are, are employed. So they're um, obviously qualified for those same benefits. Uh, this is a scary proposition, but again, I believe that this is the kind of thing that's going to get worked out. Um, I, everyone is in the same boat. Everyone is affected. Um, and so it's not the time to panic. This is the time to actually protect our practices the best way, the way that we can. There are certain We can't control what's going to happen in the Senate. What we can control, as usual, is what happens within our four walls and what happens within our four walls. So, for example, right now, we're not doing any clinical care, but I do have some team members still working um, in the office. And, of course, they're, you know, socially, we're still practicing social distancing. Um, it's a fairly large facility, so they don't have to be in direct contact when they work at the office, but they're able to catch up on insurance they're able to catch up on all the other projects that we never have time for. That's and right. so please, the cash flow is continuing. Uh, the phones are being answered. And what we've done is we've divided uh, between our team. Um, uh, we have a doctor and a clinical assistant assigned to every single day to cover any um, essential uh, dental services. And although I didn't see any specific clarification of what essential means, I'm taking it as emergency. So um, I've seen some essential described as removable. We're not placing any dentures. We're not boredom molding anything. Um, you know, we're not adjusting any dentures. But if someone has an emergency or requires urgent care, having uh, a tooth pulled, then we'll take care of them, of that for them. I think that's very good. What is the verbal skills for that? So, for example, if somebody wants to come in and say they needed like dentures or something like that. And you just tell them no, or what do you, how do you go about so, doing that? Sandy, you're, the, you're the queen of verbal skills. So well, gonna... I think at that point, if somebody calls for, you, well, you need to communicate to them what the guidelines are for right now. If it's, um, you know, not a non-emergency and they want to call and they want to get their teeth cleaned, then I think you need to communicate uh, what the guidelines are right now. And that in an attempt to keep everyone healthy and comply with, recommendations we're going to get we can go ahead and schedule you for a month out or whatever but you know you want to make sure your team has that on the tip of their tongue that they're they're saying we're going to comply with recommendations and we're trying this is an attempt to keep everyone healthy and we want to go ahead and schedule that now because once things get back to normal we're going to be very busy so that's you know you're going to let them know like the by now kind of it's like because it's true Whenever this passes, you're going to be very busy. You're going to have all those people that were already scheduled that are going to need to get in, plus people that are now due to come in. So I think the confidence in the team when they're communicating is probably 95% of it, of the success, the confidence in the team. And the way that confidence comes about is through practice and from the leadership. And so you want to make sure you have the best person answering the phones, the best person uh, to communicate some of these things. But it's true. I mean, you're, you want to keep everybody healthy and you're complying with, with the state board and our recommendations. And uh, you need to communicate that to your patients. 
especially when you're calling to, to reschedule all these people that are already on the schedule, you would like to go ahead and get that next appointment scheduled, right? In the future. Mm -hmm. Do you guys advise like sending an email to everybody? Like, you know how we've been getting all of them, like from Taco Bell, from like 24 hour yeah. fitness, everything. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm glad that all of the companies that have my email <laughs> have informed me of how they're handling the, the virus. That's that's very refreshing. They're washing I, their hands. It's nice. I read everything. And, and <laughs> you know, it's, it's it, so on Friday. So what we've done, of course, you know, I, I own a software company that sends uh, appointment reminders and, and um uh, patient communications to patients and uh, so we we were kind of starting to figure out okay we need to be prepared because it's either gonna be dead or it's gonna be uh, you know, really busy for us. And we didn't know which one. And it's actually both. Like our sales are obviously slow, but our technical support is really busy because everyone is trying to to somehow change their um, messages to patients. And so what we've done last week is we moved everyone offsite. To, we, we had everyone work from home. Essentially, so we I had. I that you bought a bunch of laptops, right? Oh my God, we so everyone was buying toilet paper, and my brother and my husband and 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 everyone were like running to Apple stores all around. We're like, okay, how many laptops do you have? We'll buy everything. And I have to tell you, it's an expensive adventure, but it was it was a good call because uh, we were concerned that if someone if one person gets sick, then we have to quarantine everyone, and we're not prepared. We have to make sure that we're accessing everything securely. That we set up. Uh, every everyone's home network is secure. We have to provide. Um, it can't. We can't just give someone a laptop and say go home and work. We have to make sure that their environment is safe. And by the way, um, uh, you know our dentists may not know this. If someone is working from home for you right now doing billing, um, you need to take the same precautions as though they're working in your office. Which means that they're covered by your business liability insurance. If they trip at home while working for you. And this is probably, I'm, I'm in um, Paul Edwards territory here. And so I'm talking about something that I don't know, but this is just something that I've learned sending our employees home is that we need to treat their home as though it's our business. Mm -hmm. And we need to provide, we need to make sure that they're insured and, and all of that. And we also need to make sure that their um, home environment is you know, good for work. In other words, they can't sit with a laptop on a couch and do tech support for my software company or um, their dental office. They need to have a desk, they need to have a proper chair, proper accommodations, that it us. And of course, with us, we had to make sure that the security and patient information is, is you know, uh, safe. And so we've done all this last week. And of course, on Friday, we had a wave of, of customers wanting to send a mass email to all of the customers. And then yesterday we had a lot of customers calling in, pausing their appointment reminders, which is why I freaked out and I was all over the place saying, don't cancel, don't cancel. We can pause it. It's not a big deal. It, we can pause it for you. It's, it's, a, it's a simple thing. But as far as the email, if you want to send an email, send an email. Um, it's not going to hurt. I don't think anyone is going to read it. Um, text messages, more like personalized text messages are good. I think that it's an opportunity to reiterate our sort of sterilization procedures because I think for a lot of patients it might be confusing that you know like why do you need to close now and why you know if it's not safe to like is it safe then with a regular flu because we all know that the regular flu kills um, actually a lot more people so far than this flu and mm -hmm. uh, you know what about hepatitis what about HIV all those other things are we concerned about this so 
this is where the officers really need to, to have some verbal skills. And I would love for Sandy to share those, like how do we um, address our patients who are questioning why now we, you know, it's not safe and what happened before when I was in the office exposed to all that aerosol. I think that what's gonna happen uh, in regards to what you're saying is that when it's time for patients to come back, I think they're going to be asking more about sterilization. It's going to take us back to whenever. I mean, I remember when AIDS was the big thing, you know, I mean, we're, it's going to go back to those days. Like people are going to be asking. This could be something that people even put on their website. This could be something, Gina, that your, that your clients could actually send out. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I have a list of those recommended verbal skills. How about if after we're done that I post it in below this? I think that would be incredibly generous of you, right, Mike? Yeah. I think that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Uh -huh. Yeah, just effective verbal skills for patient concerns about infection control. All right, awesome. I have a question, or somebody asked a question, Belinda. She said, how do you deal with patients that do not want to reschedule and say that they will call you when they are ready? We've been trying to reappoint, but getting some resistance. Well, that's that same problem that we have all the time, patients not wanting to schedule. And so verbal, verbal skills are important. So that's when you're going to have to say, and I have it right here, I have it right here, because I've been sending it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's when you're, you're going to want to say something, because so many patients will be needing appointments once things get back to normal. We want to make sure you can get in. But, and that, that's the verbal skill. That is, we want to save time for you in the future because we want to make sure that you can get back here. There's going to be so many people. And usually when people think, oh God, you know, everybody's going to want this appointment. I can get it now. Oh, they jump on it. And then if they don't want to schedule, it's usually because of some other consideration, uh, excuse or objection that they have that is that takes another handling. But for mo the most part, I think people that are committed to an appointment, they're going to most likely want to change. If, it, if you say, that we're going to be really busy. It's going to be harder to get in. Let's get you in now. I know you like Wednesday afternoons. Let's go ahead and save that time now. I think it's the same thing as with hygiene when, when our patients say, well, I don't know what I'm going to be doing six months from okay. now. And we are always telling our hygienists to say, well, if you, you know, if you schedule an appointment, then you know what you're going to be doing six months from now. And you can always change that because we're going to remind you. And I think that's the same thing. That's essentially what we've had um, with uh, with our patients, and so um, I, I gave that specific recommendation to to my team because they did actually encounter a little bit of resistance, and and I had to remind them. See, this is the kind of stuff that we all know. We're not, you know, there's nothing groundbreaking here, but we're just not thinking about it because it's uncharted territory. We no one knows what to do, and. Um, and so I gave the advice to my team to say, you know, don't take no for an answer the first time around because they're panicking. They might not understand what their schedule is going to look like, which is fine. I get it. I don't know what it's going to be like. I we So what I did with my team, as I said, we're going to need to open some chair time because we were booked, unfortunately, and my practice is a capacity at this time, which is, you think it's a good problem to have, but it's not really a good problem because you can't solve that problem without investing into a bigger facility. And there's really no place that I can expand at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but the, my problem is that we had no place to actually put those patients if we were scheduling two, three weeks out. And so I asked my team to um, give us additional days. And I said, you know, I know there might be overtime, whatever. I don't care about this. So we're rescheduling them to those extra days. 
And we've actually taken our regular appointments and we moved them to the extra hygiene days that we've added to open up space on, the, um, on our schedule so that our online scheduling could continue to make appointments when, when our patients get appointment reminders. Now, here's the thing, we might have to call them and, and say, look, you know, we thought we were gonna be open, but we're not. Mm-hmm. But I think people, if people are not reasonable during the pandemic, like, what can we expect? And I think in my post yesterday, I wrote that, you know, if we're buying up, if we're hoarding toilet paper in a time of crisis, we can't really expect our patients to keep their appointments and give us a 48-hour notice as we request consistently. There are going to be issues. We're going to have, our schedules are going to be falling apart anyway. There are going to be people trying to get in. There are people who are going to be trying to get out of appointments. It's going to be madness. Um, So what I'm advocating is keep communicating with patients, stay in touch with them, allow them to schedule appointments online, add some extra days, because the sooner we get back to normal, the sooner we stop now, the sooner we get back to normal, um, and as long as we have our patients on a schedule, then we'll be able to recover. If we don't have patients, that's when when recovery is going to be difficult, and we're going to be chasing after them, trying to get our schedule full at that point, and it's going to be a lot harder than retaining those who already have appointments. Absolutely. And the delivery of the communication, the person in the office, I'm telling you, make sure you got somebody that's positive and they can deliver this message to the patients effectively and not be kind of really worried and talking like this, you know, and patients can sense that and they react to it and you won't be nearly as effective. So somebody that's like really um, confident and the patients are gonna hear that and it transfers to them. Hmm. Should should they send something to their patients already right now if they haven't? Right now, we, we just need to like chill. And then as it gets closer, something about the sterilization as we're, as you know, this is coming to a, a close, we're moving, you know, back to norm normal in the office and maybe educate them a little bit on the sterilization. That used to be back in the days when AIDS was first. I remember that. That was like a thing. It's like, oh, in our office, we do blah, blah, blah. You know, you can even tour our sterilization department and, you know, you can come to back to and see sterilization and people would. That was like a thing. Mm-hmm. I remember, unfortunately, I remember this thing because I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, um, if I admit that I was working the front office on the phone, answering those questions at that time, I'm dating myself horribly and I don't like that at all. But I was I was working as a scheduling coordinator in a dental practice in Santa Monica and that's what we were doing. We were we were answering those questions. A lot of I would get like at least three, four, maybe even five calls certain days. And I think also because being in LA in Santa Monica, very close to West Hollywood, which was kind of like almost the hotbed after San Francisco at the time. Um, but it was still, it was, it was a hot topic and I'm pretty sure it's going to come up again. And one of the things that we actually did yesterday, and I think, um, I might've actually, um, accidentally, accidentally stolen it from, um, Ashley Hovis, um, the wording for my social media page where we said that, you know, no one in our team is infected, but we are following recommendations, mm-hmm. um, you know, and as I said, I, we closed before recommendations came out, but by the time we were doing social media posting, that just made sense. We didn't change our outgoing message. We did not put anything on the door. 
Uh, one of the things, actually, I wanted to put a sign on a door that it said, we're closed, blah, blah, blah. We wrote the sign. We put it on a door. I walk away from the door, and then I do like a 180, come up to the door and tear off the sign thinking, this is when the looting begins. And I'm terrified because my, my office was actually burglarized twice. And I'm terrified that, that now that the businesses are closing, um, and of course, you know, I am, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, we're still in LA, we still remember the Rodney King um, uh, incident and the riots after that. And so I'm just thinking back to, <laughs> you know, um, those days when, when businesses were looted. So I figured I'm not gonna do any major announcements until we know more. Um, so we just communicated with the patients who are literally on a schedule during the times that we're closing. And we're doing one day at a time. And the same thing with my team. When I gathered my team together, I said, you know, I'm going to promise you that no one is going to be financially affected until the day that we are planning to reopen as of this time. I'm monitoring the situation. I'll let you know more. I'm going to, we're going to pay you somehow. I don't know what all the details, but I don't want you to worry. I worked so hard on building an amazing team. Um, you know, Sandy uh, has trained my team to, you know, my fan office team, every single person there has been to Sandy's training multiple times. Um, I I'm not losing them. <laughs> you know, virus or no virus, we're going to get through. And uh, and so we're going we're gonna to take care of our people. That's so. good. I like that. There's another question from Brenda. She says, for staff to work from home, do you give them a list of stuff to do? I definitely think that for that to work, there has to be a plan. Uh, I mean, you can't just send them home with a computer and say, go for it. So I'm sure with um, Gina, with her company, I mean, they, they're working their, their jobs, I'm they're sure. Regular, yeah, they're doing regular work just in a different place. So. Yeah, there has to be accountability in place. Uh, when, when you're talking about dental office employees working from home, uh, that's not going to fit every position. It's kind of hard for a dental assistant or a hygienist. You know, hygienist maybe could call recalls, but, um, you know, where are you going to put them at this point? You know, I mean, yeah. what do you, you really don't know. So uh, unless you say, okay, we'll go ahead and schedule everybody and just assume this is going to be over in a month. But um, I think that the billing department, they could probably do some things. They could call patients. Um, for for past due payments, insurance, they can work insurance, calling insurance companies and on an unpaid claims. You know, those kinds of things could be done. Um, letters to patients, like handwritten letters to patients that haven't been in the practice for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. Reactivation. Prepare yeah. for reactivation. Part of reactivation. I'm like trying to get my dog. I'm like, wait. <laughs> we also have another question earlier. It said, what should we do? Like, let's just say there's an emergency. And I'm going to put you guys as yourself in this shoes, especially Gina, if you have like an amazing team member. But what should we do if a team member during an emergency decides not to show up or possibly even threatens to report us due to the fact that they still have to work during these times? what happens in that scenario? Uh, okay, so, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm gonna say, I, there's two things that I'm gonna say that are, that are uh, almost conflicting. Um, but, so one is, we have to consider human nature. Some people are really scared. And when people are scared, I always say that about uh, dental offices as well. Sometimes we have patients coming in that are just plain nasty and, 
Mm. Most, most of the time it's an indication of how they are in life. But a lot of times they're acting a certain way because they're just scared. They, they, they don't trust anyone. They've had a bad experience before. And so we have the same thing with team members. You know, some of them had bad experiences with other employers. Some of them are scared, terrified for their families. We had, um, you know, in my practice, I have employees who are taking care of immunocompromised family members. We have pregnant uh, uh, spouses. Mm -hmm. Um, We have pregnant team members. They're scared. I mean, it's human. And I think that you know, as a leader, uh, you know, our first job is to just descend to that. I don't want to say descend, but just get down to a human level and not, you know, take your boss hat off and, and, and just be, be a person and say, Hey, you know what? I get this. You're scared. And and maybe you're not reacting in the normal way. Um, To me, anyone who's, you know, you threaten any threat, I don't care. You threaten to report, you threat, threaten legal action. If we can't have a normal conversation where you can tell me your argument and at least try to convince me without threatening me, we're done talking. We're we're not having, I mean, I am not ever going to be in a position where anyone threatens me and, uh, and, and, you know, tries to elicit some kind of behavior out of me or coerce some kind of behavior out of me. Mm that I, and and you know under norm basically like you abandon your post you don't show up you abandon your post and um i'm not saying it's the right advice i'm saying that's that's what's going through my mind right now yeah yeah what do you think Sandy? i think that's great i think what she said is is great and then i know that there's some doctors, and you can see this a lot just out on Facebook and in Dentaltown where they have maybe some problem employees mm-hmm. and uh, maybe somebody that they were like thinking about let, letting them go or or let's just say that maybe one of these problem employees say, you know what, I'm not working during this time. I'm going home. Okay, it happens. Paul Edwards did say that if an employee decides not to come, they don't want to come to work, you're not obligated to pay them. Hmm. Okay, so I'm just throwing that out there. Although I appreciate what Gina's doing. I think she's a, an amazing boss. But I know some people, you know, not everybody is going to have somebody that um, they're going to want to do that for. So I just want to throw that out there. So if somebody, you know, has an attitude about coming back and that kind of thing. Yeah, right now, I think it's kind of hard, especially like in this group right now. So like for startups, right, especially people who are doing maybe they just opened up last month or they are opening up in a week or something. Right. Um, that would be kind of hard to say, like, oh, OK, we're going to close our doors and still oh, pay everybody. That's tough. You are right, Michael. Oh. Yeah. So what do you guys recommend for that? Like, what advice do you have for for those startups? I mean, I'm just thinking, well, you're, you're going to have to say we're delaying the startup. <laughs> this is a terrible time to start up. I know you I know there's people out there. Oh man, I feel for you. Next month will be a better month. May is going to be great, but that is tough. But see, the, the, here's the thing, Michael, they can't go work anywhere in dentistry. It makes it worse for startups and my heart goes out. I mean, I, I'm like, I'm at a loss. I don't know. It's just, we, we somehow as a community, we just, we have to help. Everybody is having uh, issue. You know, it, this is affecting everyone. When you think mm-hmm. about it, it's like, who's not affected by this? No one. It's crazy. So I think with people starting up, I mean, it's almost like you're going to have to just try to get the bank to hold off on the note and 
you know, get people just to buy, buy some time. Because it's like a huge investment, you know what I mean? Well, obviously, but to like, know, like, oh my gosh, the door, the minute the doors were going to open, oh. and opening and everything. And then just, we're, we're learning, we're learning as we go. And I wish that, I wish we had answers. I wish we, I wish there was a better way to, um, to help those new practices opening up. I mean, I'm, I mean, I remember being there and I remember how important it was. Every single patient on that schedule, I literally remember. So we opened 18 years ago and I literally remember the first patients that were on my schedule. I remember names of the people who were on my schedule that first day, the first month. And my heart goes out to, to everyone who's starting up right now. Yes. Especially when they're trying to build loyalty with that, those new patients building the practice. Now, the, the startup practices, here's your message. Don't miss a call. Answer the phone. Get the phone transferred to your cell. Do something. Don't miss a, don't miss a call. Absolutely. And make sure if you are appointment provider, whoever they are, make sure that you have access to online, um, online uh, patient portal or online practice portal so you can stay in touch with those patients. Uh, you can you can text from the portal with your patients um, using the same, so you don't have to use your own cell phone. You can respond to emergencies. Uh, if, you, um, if you have online scheduling, make sure that there is room on your schedule for these patients to schedule themselves once they re- receive your appointment reminders or unscheduled appointment reminders. All right, Gina, Gina or Sandy, y'all have any more questions for each other? I don't think so. How about you, Gina? No, I, I post those verbal skills. It's going to help the listeners and keep them, by the way, like get the verbal skills and then put them in your receptionist or your front office team members uh, procedure manual for the future. That's how you get, that's how you build a lot of data for training new employees. It's like every time you see something, you get it, you print it out and you put it, Put it on your computer, put it in a folder, put it in a binder. You have that data forever. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something that I want to stress. You said training. And I, I, I in, as dentists in general, we don't train our teams enough. And I, I've actually, I didn't realize how little we train our team until I started to provide the service to dental offices. And we're trying to, to train uh, our customers on using our services and it's um, it's worse than pulling teeth because and I don't blame anyone because obviously we have patients coming and going every single day and we never schedule any time for training um, it's always like oh if you have a cancellation then go watch something right and it doesn't work that way there is no accountability there's no there's no point to this training there's no like okay let's all watch it together and discuss how we're going to implement it and then implement it and then figure out what's working what's not working let's watch it again see what we missed this is how training works we don't do that most offices don't schedule any training time and um and and this is a good time to do that if your team is working especially working from home have them watch, uh, you know, videos, have them learn, have them, you know, their, their Facebook groups for um, dental teams, uh, Sandy's. Dental Gumbo. I'm probably going to be doing some lives. That's dental on- Gumbo is, is a great place for information for the teams. Um, you know, take, take advantage of that time. You, you're not going to have, fortunately, you're not going to have a lot of free time in the future. Uh, we're going to all be very busy when we come back. And uh, so let's let's use this time 
grow growth um, in the best way that we can. Awesome, guys. So where can people find you? You can find me at Dental Gumbo. Dental Gumbo, yeah. I'm, on, I'm everywhere. I'm on the Hex. I'm on a Dental Gumbo. I'm on a Dental Success Institute. I'm on the, this group, obviously. I'm on the Fence of Yappy. Um, uh, you can email me. You can find me on my website, yappyev.com. Oh, you know what? Dental Town. You know, and, and yes, Dental Town. Yes, yes. But also, I just did uh, about 12 new podcasts that have been released every week, beginning the first week of January with Richard Lowe. He's the co-host. And they're very informative, by the way. So um, I think that the listeners could check out that Dental Drill Bits podcast. But all righty, guys, thank you so much for being here. I know it was like amazing you guys coming on and taking your time to talk to all of us. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. It was good to see all of you. It was good to see Gina and Michael. And But guys, uh, the listeners, hang in there. This too shall pass. Absolutely. We'll be back to normal. Wishing everyone luck. If if anyone needs anything, I know I'm speaking for all three of us. Just reach out. We're here for you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Behind the Smiles. Today's episode was brought to you by Yappy, an automated paperless software for dentists and their teams. You can learn more about Yappy by visiting www.yappyapp.com. If you have any suggestions for future guests, or if you have any questions for us, you can reach out to Dr. Gina directly. Send your email to drgina at yappycentral.com. You can also find the email in our show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or on any of the apps that you're listening from. It's greatly appreciated. And as always, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.